this? This is, this is Diversified, Diversified Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. Tyson. When you're going against the odds, you've got to be creative, you've got to innovate, you've got to stand out. And AL. Focus more on execution and application and less on excuses. So, let the game begin. Tyson here, and unfortunately today, no AL, but we do have an extra special guest today. And Kellen, who is it? Today's guest is Ramona J. Smith, Toastmasters 2018 World Champion. Welcome, Ramona. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and thank you for emphasizing the world. I appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Nothing like a dominant force right there. <laughs> yeah, and your world champion is like a real world champion. It's not like the <laughs> baseball or NBA. Like, you taking on everybody. Whoever from got different, that. yeah, internationally, yeah. Yeah, from 143 countries, 30,000 people initially, and boil down to me, just one. They, hey, that, that, that right there is, a, is an amazing feat, and I just want to dive in because for the local Toastmasters chapter out here, I actually was a VPPR uh, when I was with that chapter. So, um, you know, I, I have uh, various experiences with Toastmasters. And um, I was when Kellen told me that we were going to have you on, I was like, oh, wow, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, haven't gotten to speak, to speak to a chat before. So, let us know what – well, I do want to know a little bit about what that experience was like for you leading up to that, um, and then we can, you know, kind of branch off into some other things. I know Kellen wants to dive into the business side of things. So um, what was that experience? Like, what were you thinking about when you were going through the, the competition stages? And, I mean, from the beginning, did you believe that you were in? This is actually my third attempt at – trying to become the world champion of public speaking. I, I first tried in 2015, and then I tried again in 2016. And the issue both of those times was that I was ego-driven. I was driven by the fact that I could have this tremendous title and this big, shiny trophy, and I believe that that's why the reason, that was the reason why I didn't get it those two times. This time around, I actually had just moved to Houston, and then I joined a new club because I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and I, I joined a new club called the Cypher Super Speakers. And this time around, I really genuinely joined the competition to become a better speaker, to meet new people, and really, as I say often in my speeches, to learn, grow, and have fun this time. This time, of course, whenever you compete at something, the ultimate goal is to win the trophy. Otherwise, you wouldn't be competing. But that wasn't my primary focus. That wasn't my primary focus. And so at each level, I just was present in the moment. And I, I took in everything that was going on, all the people who were there, the the, the audience, the, the people I was competing against. I really just enjoyed every single moment. And I took that same energy to each level of the competition. It started at the club level, and then you go on to area, division, district, and then uh, semifinals. And I really just wasn't focused on the win. I went in prepared, 
and, and over-prepared, and I gave my best every time, but I wasn't saying, I'm doing my best to be better than this one. I'm doing my best to, to win. And I, I feel mm-hmm. like that's what kind of took me to that, to, that, to that big stage and ultimately won me the title this year. Also, there hasn't been a woman in 10 years. So it was time. It was time. So I'm the first woman to win in 10 years, the fifth woman to win overall since 1973, and only the second African-American woman to win. Right. And that was, I was definitely going to ask that question. So I'm glad you, you hit that on, on the head. Only the second African-American woman uh, to win and first woman in 10 years. That's, um, that and, speaks volumes. And she said the right? flyest, Ty. You missed that part. She said the flyest. The flyest. <laughs> oh. You heard it. Low key yeah. came through like the flyest. Okay. If All I right, do say so it. myself. <laughs> right. If I do say so myself. I won't um, deny and, that uh, part. And now, uh, what? I mean, since since winning, um, I know it's been probably a whirlwind of of you know media and press and uh, speaking engagements. Has that is that what caused you the business side to kind of like ramp up and and spin off into the sunset? I mean, or or was this part of the plan anyways? Like you you already had a business rock and and it just propelled. Well, I've I've always wanted to be a motivational speaker since I was nineteen, and so it's been a dream of mine for a long time, and I've been putting energy into it and and visualizing this for for many years. Of course, I didn't know how it was going to take off or how it was going to happen, but when it happened, I was I think I was already mentally prepared, and I was teaching at the time. I was I was teaching in Audine ISD, and every week there were news. Uh, reporters and, and, and interviews and cameras, but, but the, the, it's going to sound very strange to people who are unfamiliar with it, but th- these are things that I've already practiced for in my living room. When I was mm-hmm. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, I was already practicing for, for these moments. <laughs> and I know it sounds right. ridiculous, but when it all happened, I was ready. That's why I could be, first of all, be willing to, to jump because I, I resigned from teaching in December because speaking has always been my ultimate goal. So I resigned from teaching, trusting myself, trusting the universe to, to bring everything uh, full circle. I've been able to travel to eight different countries in six months, and I've been able to just adapt. And a lot of people don't want the publicity, and a lot of people who win, they kind of tied under a rock after a few years, but I feel like this was my big moment, and I was already prepared for it, so I, I loved, I, I, and I still love all the, the publicity and the PR and the press that comes with it. Well, you just said something, and I loved how you delivered it, but we got to put the brakes on, and you said eight <laughs> countries. Tell us what countries you went to, and which one was your favorite and an experience from there, because we are world travelers. And we love to find out about new places and spaces. So let us know. Well, I started off in uh, Montreal, Canada, and I had some, um, I, I can't really talk about it right now, but I had some work to do up there. And then from Montreal, I went to Kuwait. And Kuwait was probably my favorite country just because the culture of the people and, and the food and just, the overall feel and the vibe that I got in Kuwait was, was outstanding. And then from Kuwait, I went over to Sri Lanka. And then from Sri Lanka, I went over to India. And then from India, I went to Bahrain 
and also visited the United Arab Emirates back in October, and mm-hmm. I visited Dubai and Abu Dhabi, and then I went to Oman, and then I went to Qatar. And then I just recently came back from Saudi Arabia on the 19th of March. And when you say, because, you know, this is a, a business podcast but with a hip-hop flavor, you said in Montreal you had some work. You mean some, like, public speaking work, right? Because I know you, you, Absolutely. you, you might be single <laughs> and somebody might be like, you some work out there. No, oh. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. Now, and a question for me, um, is this travel due to the public speaking engagements all around, right? Um, yes. And is that? Um, specifically with Toastmasters or some of those outside of the Toastmasters um, community? The only thing that was not dealing with Toastmasters was my trip to Montreal. Everything else internationally Hmm. was was with Toastmasters. Awesome. So, I mean, tons of opportunity within the organization to to travel and obviously uh, earn money too, right? Like, let's let's not forget that. Uh, this is normally telling, telling's line here, but I, everyone's got a book in them or a movie or a television show. So, I mean, uh, is, is the book coming? What's, what's next, um, on that, on that journey after winning? Well, I actually published a book not too long ago in 2012, yeah. but it was before I was in college and before I was educated. So it was kind of a self-published rushed kind of deal. But I did publish a book called Shine, Sister Shine in 2012, and it's all about women's empowerment. And I'm actually working on another book now, um, and I'm just going to make a book out of the speech that I delivered called Still Standing, where I talked about three rounds of failure, but then I talked about three rounds of of victory after those three rounds of failure. So I'm going to just expound upon those three rounds, and that's what the book is going to be about. I'm also... I've been working on a book for about two years now from when I went to Ghana for 21 days. And as an African-American person, I, I was able to find a piece of myself in Ghana. And that may not be where my ancestors are from directly, but that experience right. was just life-changing. And I have a, a book that I'm going to try to figure out how to finish and, and promote in maybe, maybe the next few years. All right, all right. Then it will turn into a movie, Ty, and then oh, <laughs> that's where the movie will come from. Leave it to Cal yeah, to find I... a movie in you too, like you know. Well, I love acting. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I love mm-hmm. acting. So I'm not opposed to that. And once I get a really good publicist, I'm I'm actually in search of a publicist. Once I get a really good one, I'm sure he or she will be able to work that out for me. Excellent. Yeah, that's, Excellent. that's the easy part because. You just did a lot of traveling, and surprisingly enough, to at least me, is that the Middle East, that you had a good time in the Middle East. Because many people, especially black folk, um, you know, Middle East, oh, man, and a woman had a good time. Mm -hmm. So in Kuwait, did you feel, um, you know, equal? Did you feel that, you know, women's rights, are they, you know, how was it for you? All of the countries were very accepting and open. And, you know, I respect all cultures. So wherever I go, if there's something that I should or should not do, I'm going to respect it. But the only time I had to cover up my head was when I chose to go visit a mosque. 
That's the only time when anybody asks me to mm-hmm. to put a hijab or a scarf over my head. Now, the the mm-hmm. most uh, conservative country is Saudi Arabia, and that's a country where women are were just allowed to drive in 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 July, and so you you can kind of tell from there. But I, I was asked to wear an abaya, but it was very classy, it was very sophisticated, and I didn't have to. It was it was it was requested, and the the PR team they got two nice ones. If you look on my Instagram page, uh, there are mm-hmm. times where I'm covered um, in like a, a nice long garment. They they it was a request, and it wasn't mandatory. But like I said, I, I want to be respectful of the culture and, and things like that. And so I've I've always felt comfortable. I never felt threatened. I never felt like my life was threatened. And once you understand a culture, you have a respect for it. But if you're just going off what you hear or what you see in the media or your own perceptions and most likely misconceptions, of course you're going to be apprehensive. But I'm very open-minded, and luckily for me, I have this title that's respected worldwide. So when I come, I'm I'm getting basically the royal treatment because of of this title and this position that I do have. So I I, I never felt threatened or uncomfortable. I've always felt very safe and very warmly welcomed. But... I wasn't the average tourist. I'm coming there. Right. All these people want to see me. <laughs> you know, right? So yeah. It's a different so experience. That's definitely, and I mean, that's you know, similar to say the average, uh, average African American versus LeBron James here. You know what I mean? There's right. going to be a little bit of a different experience when you go places. You know, so um, I'm glad that you you acknowledge that though. You're like, hey, I had a great time. This is my experience, but I also realized. I'm not sure. I wasn't in that scenario, your average tourist is going there um, without, you know, for no reason other than maybe vacation or uh, military duty or something like that. So, um, so I appreciate you kind of, you know, caveating that um, for those who who may be listening. So at the end of the day, it sounds like uh, go and experience it for yourself. Don't always believe everything you hear. And, um, and, and, you know, the internet is full of, uh, full of hype. So just, Check it out and, and make your decisions from there, um, but don't go because of fear. You know what I mean? Don't be like, oh, I'm not gonna go. I'm I'm too scared because of everything I've heard. Well, experience it, and it may not be what what you believe it might be. So now be now, careful though. Be, be careful. Don't right, go to right, random country because right, some countries are at war, and <laughs> you know it, it depends on the place. If you know it's a place where where there's civil unrest. Right. Okay, don't go. Right. If you know there is mm-hmm. it's a place where somebody just got beheaded yesterday, don't go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. It might wait, be. wait, hold on, because I, I felt like she was talking to me. I like going to those places <laughs> sometimes because right. God got me, and he and, and I'm not a I'm not a, a civilian. I'm I'm not that military, mm-hmm. but I'm you know I'm walking in, and, and I say that because I went to Cameroon, and my wife is from there, and there's a civil unrest going there. And she said, why did you bring me to the this side of the country? I said, this is your country, but I love it. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of East Oakland in 89. Everything oh, is going down. So you got to be built for it, Miss Smith. You got to be built Everything for it. is you know going down. I, I heard a story about a missionary who kept visiting this island, and they kept telling him, get away from here. We don't want you here. He said, I was, I'm doing God's work. I'm doing God's work. No, he ended up yeah. meeting God. He ended up meeting yep. that, so I, I'm not gonna push it. Yeah, see, uh, yeah, and I, I remember, yeah, and I, re- I remember that that dude. Um, um, see, that's different when they tell you don't come here. 
then <laughs> then it's uh, they, they're going around doing things to their own citizens. But oh, yeah, they, you they know, gave him fair warning. warning. Yeah, they said right. Yeah, I'm not. Oh no, no. You know, I do that. Uh, I do that in the United States. If someone says, "Don't come in my house," that's where I'm not going. (laughs) (laughs) You were correct. I am not going in your house. (laughs) We are going to stay right outside. You are correct. (laughs) But um, so now with uh, all of the the countries you've been to thus far, obviously we we heard that you said um, you enjoyed uh, Kuwait. Um, a lot. Yes. Where's a place that you want to go, or 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 is it already on your agenda that you're going to be going there uh, that you haven't? I'm trying to get to Nigeria. Oh, I'm trying to get to Lagos. Hmm. I'm, re- I'm. It's not on hmm. my agenda yet, but I have a lot of people requesting my presence in Nigeria. So I have to make some connections and and see where yep. where the venue be and and things like that. But I got to get to Nigeria. Kellen? We'll, we'll connect. We'll connect you. At the end. We're we'll gonna. Yep. Yeah. Here we got. Yep. We got you. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. But I wanna. I wanna dip into something because if you go through her beautiful Instagram at Ladybug Speaker, folks, you will see so many pictures of the Middle East and this and that. But she also has a picture with the legendary Tony Robbins. And I want to, and you, you captioned your life will never be the same. Tell us about that experience. And, and, you know, Tony Robbins is one of the big ones. And I know you also are, are a fan of Les Brown. So tell us about that Tony Robbins. Experience, that's epic. It's another thing that I visualized for many years. When I was first introduced to Tony Robbins, I, I just loved his energy. I loved his energy. I loved his story. I loved his persistence. And he became someone who I looked up to, and I want to be the female black version of Tony Robbins. And I have right. visualized myself meeting him for many, many, many years, but I, he, he would never come to wherever I was, or I couldn't afford to go. And so when I found out he was coming to Houston, my sister said, let's get these tickets to go to Tony Robbins. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, it's kind of like $397, but oh, maybe I'll think about it. And then the universe is just so beautifully aligned with, with your intentions. And, and so a, a few months after that, I saw a Groupon. I saw a Groupon for, I think it was $197 or $97 or something like that. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to get a Groupon ticket. And then I had gotten some, speak, right, I had gotten some speaking engagements and I had a, a little bit of extra, uh, extra income coming in. And so once I actually got down to the Toyota Center where the, the, the seminar was happening, I was like, you know what? You don't buy things, you buy experiences. And if I'm going to experience Tony Robbins, this person who I've met in my mind for many, many years and who's inspired me in many, many ways, I'm going to get the best Tony Robbins experience ever. So I upgraded my ticket to the diamond package. And I was sitting front row and I got to have a Q&A with Kevin Leary from Shark Tank. And I got to ask him a question and I just got this really, really, really great treatment. And I was literally centimeters away from from Tony Robbins and it changed my life for two reasons one because the power of of the mind and the power of your thoughts and how you can manifest your thoughts into things and two just his energy and his story and the 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 way he can just come into a room and unite everyone and you become best friends with the person beside you and you're slapping fives and you're jumping and you're dancing and you kind of just lose yourself in the experience so it, it was an amazing experience just because I had thought about it for so long, and I, it, it finally 
was happening and tangible. And I had a great seat and a great experience and just the overall energy levels and the, the, the knowledge that I took from the, from the seminar. And you got to meet oh. Kevin O'Leary, too. Is it true that um, his, when you touch him, like money comes out of his cufflinks and, you know, his, <laughs> his hand is wet a little bit because he's a real shark? Is that, is that true? <laughs> Not from my experience, no. <laughs> he was very, very knowledgeable, oh, okay. but very wise. <laughs> so, okay, okay. So now here's what I, I want to ask and dive a little deeper. Um, is What were your three takeaways from uh, Kevin and three takeaways from Tony um, on that day? Uh, can you give us those? Yes. I'll do Kevin O'Leary first. My three takeaways from Kevin O'Leary was open-minded and international because he spent a lot of his time overseas. He spent, I forget what countries he lived in, but he spent a lot of time uh, overseas. And so he got an international perspective of things. Number two was don't be afraid to take risks from Kevin O'Leary. Don't, don't be afraid to take risks. If you have this great idea, don't be afraid to try to get it on Shark Tank or try to get funded or, you know, really believe in your idea. So don't be afraid to take risks. And number three was use the people around you in a good way. If you have this person who is, uh, for instance, you know, I, I was just looking for a publicist. So if I know a publicist, don't be afraid to say, look, I would like you to help me or, you know, use your social capital to your advantage. And from... Tony Robbins, it was definitely gratitude. Be grateful for all of the things that you have, even if you feel like you don't have much. Be grateful for all of the things that you have and, and, and take time to, to thank God or wh whoever you believe in or if it's not anyone, yourself. Just put your hand on your heart and, and understand that you don't have to ask it to beat. You don't have to make it do anything. It's doing it just for you. So gratitude and, and being grateful and helping others. I know that he, he has a, a whole, whole, whole lot of money, but he's fed, I think, close to a billion people or something, and he gives to the needy, and he feeds uh, uh, single mom families and things like that. So there are a lot of people out here who actually do need our, need our help. And even if you can't feed one billion people, if you can feed one, if you can help one, if you can take one canned good to, to a pantry, or if you can help serve uh, one person at a homeless shelter. Just, just do what you can to serve others. And three, your body is so important when it comes to living your dreams and, and, and being in a good headspace. The more you get up and move your body, the, the more energetic and happy you'll be. If, you, if you're feeling bad, you just stand up and, and, and dance. Or you, you stand up and you do the Cupid Shuffle for five minutes or, or anything. Just moving your body can oh. change your whole men mental state. So those are three things that I take took from wow. Kevin O'Leary and Tony Robbins. That is that's nice. awesome. That's that's that's, that's deep. Let's go. And, and, and we and people, you got to go check out her book because she's only gotten better after releasing that book and has become a world <laughs> champ. Becoming a world champ, a lot of folks will think, oh, well, okay, now she's with Tony Robbins, and you told the story how it was a, a, a Groupon. But at what point did you say, hey, I can afford to do this full time and quit my nine to five that I heard in an interview, you said I, I did teaching because it paid more than PR. I just want to make sure I highlight that so people respect their publicists. 
Um, but at what point was it a, hey, I got this tour and I can't teach anymore, and, you know, they're paying me at least enough to live off of with my son? But what, 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 what was it? Was it an opportunity or was it a dollar sign or both? It was both because the, the things that I do with Toastmasters, I'm not allowed to charge for. So I can't get money for, for those things. So these countries that I'm mm. visiting, I don't get paid. They'll pay, you know, they'll pay for the accommodation, the flight, and uh, your food and things like that. But I don't get, like, a fee. I don't get paid a fee to do these things. However, mm. the opportunities that come outside of Toastmasters, they, they, they right. pay. And Run it the, up. the opportunities, <laughs> right? So the opportunities <laughs> that I've received outside of Toastmasters, and, and the places that I've spoken to, and the places that I'm going to be speaking at, I, I, I'm not up there with Les Brown getting fifty thousand an hour just yet. But but mm-hmm. but 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 you know what? It's enough for me to not have to teach anymore. How about that? There you go. There you go. I, I'll say I'll say I'll say my race publicly. I've been between five and ten for the past year. Five and ten thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's you know, I want to get to Les Brown level. I want to get to, uh, and I'll, I'll toss his name out here, Gary V level. I want to get to um, Tony Robbins level. You know what I mean? Uh, Sean T level. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. no, that's that's. I'm I'm definitely happy to hear that. You know, you found your happy place, and. I mean, for someone who imagined it way before, uh, it sounds like you imagined it before you even joined Toastmasters or probably even knew what it was. Um, you know, you like, I was practicing in my living room, getting ready and preparing for this uh, this kind of life and this type of trajectory. So, um, I mean, that speaks to visual visualization. That speaks to belief and uh, preparedness, right? Because you don't know when your moment's going to come, but you certainly didn't uh, let it go by for three three tries, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were like, I'm about to catch this moment. <laughs> um, and so, what um, what are, what are some of the most valuable things that you learned from Toastmasters, uh, whether that be your Cleveland club, uh, right, Cleveland, Ohio, or yes, originally, okay or your Houston club, what what did you learn um, from those clubs? And then what were some of the differences in each club, if if you care to go that deep to say, hey, well, this club was kind of like this, but this one was more like this, and, and, and something like that. Can you let us know a little I bit? I love that question. I love that because <clears throat> I, I often talk about that in, in different speeches and interviews. I've actually – been a member of three clubs. The first club I joined was when I lived in, in California. I, it was a club called the Dreamcatchers out in Hawthorne, California. That was my first club. And then my second club was the Cleveland Club. And now my third club is the Sci Fair Super Speakers here in Houston. The first club that I went to, it was very artistic. It was very creative. It was very much, it touched the artistic side of, of who I am because I am creative. I am an artist. I am uh, not a, not an artist as far as drawing, but as, as far as words. Mm-hmm. I love poetry. I love writing. I, I can spit a little bit. You <laughs> a little six Okay. But uh, <laughs> you can drop some bars before you go. Don't play. <laughs> but um, so that spoke to the the creative side of of who I am. My club president was a small Japanese woman named Amy Ayano, and she really pushed me to 
get outside of the box and get outside of my comfort zone. And, and, and she tapped into my, my drama background and my theater background. And she's the reason why I call myself the ladybug speaker, because she talked about branding. She said, if you want people to remember you, they may not remember your name, but find something that you identify with and then make it who you are. And so I researched ladybugs and I love what ladybugs do. And so since then, I've been calling myself the ladybug speaker. So that tapped into my creative side. And then going to the Cleveland Club, that was professional. It was a borderline corporate club because it was with a big company called RTA, the Regional Transit Authority, the, the buses, the public transportation system in Cleveland. And it was their company, and they met on their lunch breaks every Thursday. So these people are in blazers and suits, and they're talking really they sound really educated when they speak and just right. very professional so you go from a lady wearing a, a rainbow kimono telling me to be myself <laughs> to this <laughs> clean cut let's wear jackets yes to, mm -hmm. to that type of environment but that's where I gained that professional polish that's where I said okay well I do want to be myself but at the same time I don't want to be so much of myself that I can't connect to everyone. And so I got the professional polish. And that's when I first started to compete because I felt like I had the best of both worlds. I could still be myself, but I could still give you this concise message in a professional manner where you'll be able to understand what I'm saying. And then when I came down to the Cypher Super Speakers, I saw the beauty of diversity. I had never seen a club so diverse. We have people from Asia. We have people from Mexico. We have people from Germany. We have black, white, you name it. We have people who don't okay. speak English as a first language. It's very, very diverse. But the beauty of diversity is that you can see that even though we have these differences in language and culture and beliefs, at the end of the day, we're more similar than we are dissimilar. We have more mm -hmm. in common then we have that are not in common. We are so much more alike once you get past mm -hmm. the skin color and the gender and, 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 and the, right. the, the, the beliefs and misconceptions. We have so much more in common. And so the camaraderie that I felt and, and the genuine support and encouragement I felt, that I think is what allowed me to let go of the, the trophy side of it and just kind of focus on, well, how can I, how can I be a better leader in my club? How can I support other people the way my club members support me? So just the triad of those of those three clubs, it just helped me. It helped shape me into a champion. Mm. Now so, talk about we'll, we'll talk about the you know we gave a lot of Toastmasters. We've been talking Toastmasters. We could say this is sponsored by, but it's not, folks. But <laughs> I, I always I always try to tell our clients. You know, join Toastmasters. Everybody can become a better speaker. But what I like right. to do is run them through Toastmasters, and then after that, have them join the National Speakers Association. Now, I might have said a bad word to you, but tell me, you are a member of the NSA. Tell us and tell the people because what I what we like to do is give folks the game. That's what we call a diversified game, and we want to give it even to that fourteen year old who has nothing but, you know, the internet, and mm -hmm. tell them, should they join the NSA first? I say Toastmasters, but I could be wrong. Um, it's happened once in life. Once, I say. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but talk about, you know, the difference in, 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 the, in the organizations and 
if you find it to be beneficial for all or maybe just for professional speakers? I think the biggest difference between the NSA and Toastmasters is the NSA is about bread. How can you get money mm-hmm. from, from speaking? How can you focus on the business aspect of, of speaking? How can you capitalize on this? And I feel like Toastmasters is it's focused on, on building, building your skills and helping you become a more effective speaker and helping you kind of polish those, those type of skills, leadership and, and public speaking and effective communication. They're not really going to tell you how you can get paid $15,000 for a speaking engagement. They're not going to teach you the, the secrets of, of letting people want to pay you or anything like that. Right. I, I guess Toastmasters would be just professional development more so. Right. And then NSA is like, uh, what can I compare it to? Get that bag. You said it. Get that bag. Yeah, right. <laughs> So it sounds like, Helen, if I'm, if I'm hearing Ramona right, that it is correct. Go to Toastmasters so you're worth paying, essentially, like, become uh, a great orator, learn how to communicate, um, become a leader, personal development, uh, polish yourself up, get your skills tight. Because think about it, if you go to the, NS, uh, to the NSA and you aren't, a good speaker, people are going to be upset that they paid you (laughs) or, you know what I mean? So build the skills in order to make the money, I think is, is the correct formula, right? Be worthy of pay, um, not be paid to become worthy, uh, I I guess would be my mentality behind it. So I I guess it depends on the individual because some people can catch on quickly. Some people are are business minded. And then once they see other speakers who are at that professional level, they can step their game up on their own. And they don't necessarily need to to, to do that that, that Toastmasters foundation. Or some people just need to find their niche. Like, what am am Mm -hmm. I good at speaking about? I don't necessarily have to be the best speaker, but if I know marketing and I I can give these people something, and I can give these people something of value, I don't necessarily have to eliminate the crutch words because they just want to know how to be a better marketer, and I have that information. Right. Okay. Fair. Yeah, I know when I went to Toastmasters, I went just to make friends because I was already getting paid to speak publicly. I just wanted yeah, to make yeah. friends and try to impact the local community um, to see what was going on. So, you know, I I was probably one of those people that didn't necessarily have to go to Toastmasters first, but mm-hmm. I I definitely, when I was there, I saw – uh, I saw a lot of good intent at, at the club yeah. I was at. I saw a lot of good intent. They wanted the best out of people. Um, I, you know, I just you have to look for. Is it going to be the? Is that actually the best way to get the most out of people? And then also updating, getting with the current times in order to reach people uh, to have that effectiveness, right? Using digital more and and building a social media presence and working in the community that way and reaching out to other people, I think is very key, uh, especially to some of the core values and leadership in Toastmasters, right? Like mm-hmm. really getting into the community. So, um, yeah, I think those are some of the things you can learn, even if you are already a speaker and, and getting paid or, or already feel like you're set, go there to learn some of the other intangibles that um, come outside of speaking. Yes. Do you ever 
do you ever? And I'm 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 crazy. I'm part time crazy. I'm just <laughs> so, so you're like, where this question? Oh come man, from? this might be the lightning round. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but, no, that that's when we're gonna have a freestyle because you know we do have our ciphers of death. Sway, my brother, I love you. Yeah, we stole it. But if she mm-hmm. says she can flow, let it flow. But my, my my question is, comedians will sometimes just jump into a comedy club sight unseen, everybody, Carlos Mencia, everybody just jumps in, you know, on the road. Do you ever just go to a club, don't really introduce yourself and say, let me see if it's name recognition or do I still really got it? Or do people recognize me if I just, you know, jump into something? Because it could be, you know, a world title. You got the belt. You got the crown. Um, Do you ever just say, let me just see, you know, if I say I'm Susie Smith, if I can wow them today. Well, I mean, I have to do that in America anyway, because America is always slow to catch on to things outside of entertainment and athletics. So mm-hmm. a, a lot of people in America don't even know who I am. A lot of people in America don't even know what Toastmasters International is. So when I right. do go places, I have to list all of my credentials and I have to make sure people understand, well, what does it mean to be a world champion? What is that a thing? Is that, that, that that's real? They do that? Like, yes. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the, the talent, I feel like I don't ever have to prove myself because I already, I, I, I know that this is what, this is my passion and my purpose. So I know any microphone I pick up, I'm going to, I'm going to at least change or touch one person. So I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily need to, to try to prove that mm-hmm. or anything like that or, or reassure myself because that's something that's solid within me. But mm-hmm. as far as this title goes here, I, I really can just go, I can go to some Toastmasters club and they're like, oh, you're the world champion. Okay, great. Next. <laughs> right, exactly. but it's, it's an American yeah. thing. So until I'm on Ellen or until I'm on BET or or something like that, people right. aren't really gonna not in America anyway. Right. But overseas, I'm a celebrity, baby. I'm Beyonce overseas, mm-hmm. and I can say that with the utmost confidence. There now you you Beyonce here. They just recognize the, the glow <laughs> o- overseas right. and 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 BET. I, I heard you know like uh, Sir Mix a lot. Put them on the glass or something. BET. You might be a little too refined and sophisticated okay. for BET. I haven't watched in no. in, in decades, but um, you know. <laughs> I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad yeah. you get that love overseas, and oh, because we right. push that a lot. Yeah, we, we, do. we push we, that out. We, we are kings and queens. Yes, yes. And, and when and I say your royal treatment, it is the royal treatment. As soon as I get off the plane, I'm usually greeted with a huge banner with my face on it, a couple of bouquets <laughs> of flowers. People want to take pictures. I just want to touch you. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm standing there. When I tell you, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And then I come to clubs here in America, and I don't even have a seat. Like you ain't even you didn't right. take a seat. You didn't find a place for me to. And then when I try to teach people how to treat me, I come off as a diva because at one point, I was sending out messages to to clubs in America like this is what I expect. I expect this 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 and this. And then people were complaining, oh you're a diva and of you course you're gonna do this this and that. But when you're used to <laughs> having the, the literally the royal seat in a venue in foreign countries, you kind of expect <laughs> that same treatment here, and you shouldn't. But I'm, mm. I'm learning. Okay, fair. Now, here's what I want to ask. Um, do you believe? Because through talking to you, I just feel comfortable. I'll be honest. like, it's, <laughs> this you're 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 polished enough, but you're you're comforting at the same time. Like like we could just be in the living room talking the same way. Now, 
do you believe that it is your delivery or your content that pushed you over the edge? That's a great question. And people ask me that, that a lot. But I know a lot of people aren't into to zodiacs, but I'm a Capricorn, so I'm down to earth. I'm down mm-hmm. to earth, so I, I have a, a sense of humility uh, uh, about myself. Now, I have moments where it's like, look, I'm the world champion. You're going to treat me this way or that way, you know? But for mm-hmm. the most part, I, I, I am very, very humble and very down to earth. In my speech still standing, I I had content that was relatable to the audience, but I didn't have a lot of content, which is some of the some of the critical feedback that I got. They said that it was lacking in content. But I can't tell mm-hmm. you my life story in seven and a half minutes. It's not going to work. Right. <laughs> if I go 731, I'm disqualified. So I have to give you what I can in the best way I can in this short amount of time. But I feel like the the message was broad. It, it was spread across the world. Everybody can relate to life knocking you down and you having to get back up. Otherwise, we wouldn't be on the phone right now. They wouldn't have been sitting in the audience. We all can relate to that. But the delivery, when I was singing and when I was using my body language and, and coming out in the boxing stance, I feel like that 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 helped too. That helped as well. And, and joking and being humorous. So I feel like it was a combination of both. But I've gotten uh, criticism that the, the content wasn't very strong. Yeah. Okay. Which is interesting. Did you tell them then that their 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 <laughs> father wasn't very strong, or was their mother? <laughs> or, or did, you did you did you hit them with the you and your mother? No. And your whole generation. You know, you're like, hey, you say, hey, you feel how you want, but um, you know, I'm sitting here as the champ, um, so you know, I must have done something right at the end of the day, uh, and I think that's the big takeaway. It, it, and actually, that's the even bigger takeaway, I'll say, is that even through criticism, you can still be the best. Even when even when you get those little knocks, uh, you know, hey, there, I don't feel like there was enough content in, in that, um, you know, you, you take that with a grain of salt because that doesn't mean that you're, you're worse. That doesn't mean that you're not good enough. It just means that one section is it because it seems like, like you said, the box is coming out in the box and saying, saying, like having some humor, all of those things can compensate for, um, you know, the one component they may be able to pick out. Um, so that that's an even bigger takeaway. Criticism doesn't mean failure. Okay. Right. You can still oh, win. Good. You can still win. Like in a room full of 2,000 people, you're going to have 2,000 different reputations. So everybody in mm-hmm. in the audience could have had something. The, the, the video now has almost 570,000 views. Everybody mm-hmm. who watches it is going to have something to say about it. But I didn't. Right. I, honestly, I, I, I care, but it's not going to affect my day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. To say that as, as, as beautifully as I can. I, at the end of the day, I, I, I am an artist. And sometimes I can be a little sensitive, but I really just went out there to have a good time. And whether you rocked with it or not, I did. And that's really the the most important thing. Did you just quote Tech Nine? Wait, she quoted Tech Nine's line. Really? Because I was going to say that. We can do it for more. Yeah, she, you know, I'm an artist. I'm just sensitive about my... (laughs) You know, yeah, Kanye said that too. Like, okay, yeah, Erica okay. Badu said it too. <laughs> it's a exactly. fact. Oh, yep. There you go. Hold on, you hold, on. hold on. You said, wait, you said, er- hold on, Erica, did you say that? 
Oh, I was acting like she was in the room. I'm sorry, y'all. You, uh-uh. <laughs> you know what, Kelly? She was my she was my personal greeter when I went to um Atlanta. When we rolled through Atlanta, she was the one there to meet me at the airport. So, Erica's was, a real one. Yeah, yeah she's a, she a real one. She's a real one. And Ramona, you said you had some bars in you. I'm not going to put you on the spot. I was joking about that. But could we see music in the future? You know what? With the with the with the branding and the image and, and things like that, probably not. It, it probably doesn't go with the Ladybug brand. But maybe once I become like a millionaire or a multi-millionaire and, and things like that, and I can do whatever I want to do, absolutely. Just like Shaq did it and Kobe did it and Tyra Banks. And once right. once I get to that level, you know, I, and I'll be able to express myself freely, absolutely. But right now, the brand I'm building, it, it doesn't really fall in, into place with that. I'm I'm gonna t- well so. Um, I'm gonna say this here, and Ramona, I wanna I wanna work with you on this, and um, I I know Cal would. I wanna do a motivational mixtape with you. Oh, that would be awesome! And, I love that. And um, and that's a, that would be a good cross section, um, between music, and speaking, and and keeping you in line. So I'm speaking that here. If you're listening, you do a motivational mixtape. I'm coming after you. Um, but I want to I want to speak to you like for real about that uh, outside of this interview because I I think there's something very special to be had there um, with obviously with the way you deliver and with the fact that you have so many artistic gifts that come from uh, speech and language. So let's, let's, I let's love that idea. Happen. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's what that's yeah. what I'm here for, folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that and so outside. Okay, so you you want to say with the speaking and 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 I'm saying she said yes to music. She just said later. What right. are the other interests that you have that people would be kind of shocked? Like, oh, what she does that too. Well, one of my uh, bucket list goals is to become a wine connoisseur. Yes. I really love wine. And I don't want to just drink it with my girlfriends and things like that. I really want to go to vineyards in South Africa, and I want to go to vineyards in Italy and France and California and really understand how it's made and understand what grape has this taste and what region it's grown in and what cheese and meat to pair it with. I would really, really, really love to just fall in love with wine on another level. You're going to make me cry, okay? (laughs) I need you. I need you to hold back because you almost made tears come to my face. Um, I had to. I slapped my thighs so hard. I think you heard it. Um, I'm like, gosh, because me, uh, Kelly, and myself are are uh, psalms in training. I would say, um, and one of our great friends is a psalm in South Africa. Mm. Uh, Donnie, uh, Don. Don uh, Mumbalu, she is... Don the song, I like and, it. Mm-hmm. So she, that it would be a great person to link up with and yeah. and get you on that path because um, she does she does it all over all over South Africa and even in European countries. I think she travels and do some stuff there too. So that would be great to make that connection. Wow. Yeah. Because from my wow. understanding, I think there are only like 150 certified sommeliers like mm-hmm. all over the world. It's not that yeah. it's not very many, but it's hard work. 
and it, it, it right. takes time and dedication and, like you said, travel. And definitely and, high-ticket item, too. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, a decent bottle of wine can, can run you. It can run you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I like, I like that. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, um, you know, uh, on the weekends you're an assassin, too. I was like, that would be unexpected. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> cool. Like, hey, get it how you live. Just make sure I'm not on right. that list. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so... Um, so Tomoe, um, what is that? Is that the only thing, or is this something something else there? As far as hidden talents, no, I don't. Mm. Or, or other things that that I'm really, really, really into, not not necessarily. Mm. No, I'm trying okay. to get more into okay. fashion. I'm trying to learn how to dress because I, as a Capricorn <laughs> woman, I, I have no sense of style. So I actually um, hired a stylist up in Dallas, and she's been helping me get okay. my looks together. And it's been improving dramatically. And I bought myself nice. a couple bags. Like I, the the first bag that I like designer bag that I had was a hand me down from my sister. It was like a cross sling body coach purse. <laughs> okay. So I had to step my game up. So I got a Michael Kors and a Marc Jacobs and a nice Louis Vuitton. So I'm trying to step my okay. Just step my overall okay. game up. I got a lot of <laughs> I got a lot of uh, gold jewelry and Saudi. So I'm not wearing. Claire's and uh, other cheap jewelry <laughs> stores. You know, I'm not wearing a cheap jewelry yeah. anymore, so I'm just trying to upgrade my, my, my look and my image. So the fashion is something I'm getting into. I got some, uh, oh, and I shouldn't say this, but how about I say it like you this? Are. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, ladies in Cambodia, for growing your beautiful hair. We appreciate you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Cambodia. There you go. Only the, uh, Chappelle, only the finest. <laughs> it's a big step up from Brazil. When you talk mm-hmm. about style, um, how you know being on the public circuit and, and speaking, do you find yourself like to be kind of in a box? Like I need to do the conservative corporate thing, or can you you know mix it up? Because I tell you, I went to Africa. My whole summer pretty much was spent over there, and my goal was mm-hmm. to just update my whole wardrobe. I did not know how easy and cheap that would be, and mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I'm just, you know, everything, I'm mixing it up with the new, the old, so can you, like, really, you know, Lady Gaga or go full kente cloth on them while speaking, or do they expect a certain look from you? Well, for me personally, in in the Middle East more so, I wanted to keep it a little more professional and conservative, and I would never do a gaga or anything <laughs> anything outlandish and crazy like that, only because it would take away from my message, because they would be staring at my hair or staring at my meat dress instead of listening to what I'm saying. So I don't want to wear anything that's too distracting, that it's going to take away from my message, and people are only going to be talking about this crazy looking hair or outfit that I wore. So I would never take it that far. But I mean, with, with the stylist that I have now, I can play around with colors. Like I wore some mustard slacks. I've never worn a pair mm-hmm. of mustard pants before. I wore some mustard yeah. slacks and uh, j- different floral prints and, and, and taking risks as far as, as far as colors and, and, and different styles of, of clothes and, and mm-hmm. things like that. But I wouldn't go berserk because then people will just be talking about my, my, my fashion and not being inspired from my words. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Fair enough. And 
there's one thing that we did breathe by uh, the ladybug. You said that um, you connected with what the ladybug does, and um, and I want to know what aspects of the ladybug fit your brand. Well, first of all, picture this. Right now, if you looked on your wrist and you saw a ladybug, what would you do? I'd say, hey, I would probably pick it. I'd probably try to uh, pick it up and place it back on a, on a leaf or something nearby. Okay. If you saw a big spider crawling on you, what would you do? Oh, I'm probably swatting that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, bro, gone. He's gone. Right. <laughs> no shot at life. <laughs> so that's that's the first thing. Like, I wanted something that I felt comfortable with because there was actually a ladybug like crawling on my neck the other day, and I screamed at first, but it was like, oh, it's a ladybug. Hey, girl. And and I just rolled oh, out the window and let her fly out. And so. People always look at ladybugs as, as good luck and, and good fortune, and she's kind of a comforting bird bug. She's she's a she's yeah. an, an insect that that not a lot of people know a lot about. But when you see one, you don't feel threatened. It's like oh wow, cool. And some people rarely see them. I know in Texas they're they're rare, and, and some people only see them during a, a certain time of year. So just the familiarity and the comfort of the look of her. And secondly. She does a huge job in the environment that I never knew about before I started doing my research on her. She eats the aphids that try to destroy the crops that we need to grow food. So mm-hmm. if their aphids running rampant, we're not going to have any food. Like if you're growing uh, corn or you're growing whatever it is that you're growing and it gets attacked, attacked by aphids, your crop is completely destroyed. So the ladybug eats those bugs that, that try to destroy the food that we need to, to survive. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a huge job in agriculture, but unlike the butterfly, who when you see it, it's like, oh, wow, look at those big wings flapping. The ladybug doesn't need to get a whole lot of recognition for that. It's like, Mm -hmm. I know my my worth. I know my value. I know what I do. And I'm going to do it so subtly that it's something in me that you see that's important, but you don't know what it is. Right. Okay. Okay. I like like (laughs) it. I like it. So, okay. Dang, as someone who uh, focuses heavily on branding, bravo. I think that that connects well with kind of everything that you've laid out um, throughout this entire conversation. Um, wow, okay. And <laughs> Kel, Kel, I, I, I really could talk to you like all day. I mean, this, is, this has been really fun, insightful. Um, and so, but I do want to say, before we, before we wrap here, Kel, um, do you want to close out with um, with something from you before I ask my final? No, because after this, we are going to briefly talk with the Ladybug speaker on Instagram. Check mm-hmm. it out. Follow her now. Um, and you know, I, I, we could go on and on and on because, I mean, she got that swag. So I'm, <laughs> I'm good. She's dripping swag goo. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> That's it. So now my closing question is with all of uh, your successes and your future successes to come, what is one philanthropic or charitable thing or give back that you want to focus your energy on 
or are you already focusing your energy on it? And if so, share that with us, please. Well, in 2000, was it 2015, I believe? I believe it was 2015. I started a college fund, uh, like a namesake for my son. So I started the Ryan Smith Young Scholars Award, and that's actually in partnership with the uh, YSMC in Akron, Ohio, the Young Scholars Mentoring Center. And so I, I choose, well, not me, but every year the board and myself, we choose one young athlete who is, college bound and you know just a stellar person in the community and, and strictly academic and athletic and we give them a $1,000 scholarship now hopefully that will increase uh, annually as, as my income increases it'll increase annually but right now I, I, I love focusing on student athletes who are interested in college because that's that's who my son is and I knew that before he was either he came home from the hospital with a, a basketball in his crib so that's how how I knew it was it was going to be real, and you know his father was a semi pro athlete, and, and um, so mm -hmm. I, I like I love to focus on the student athletes and, and higher education and the importance of it, and so I do that every year. But other than that, I want to be able to one day just go back to my neighborhood and just knock on a door on a street that I used to live on, and just say, "Look, what do you need?" And whatever that the person mm -hmm. says, I want to be like, "Okay, fine." The light bill, boom, it's paid. Or you know what I'm saying? Just mm -hmm. just things like that to really right. help people. Because I've been there when you don't have any money, you don't have anything, and everything is going wrong, and then somebody walk up, walks up to you and just blesses you. So I understand the impact that it has. It's just a ripple effect. So I want to be able to do that one day. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming and speaking with us today. Uh, Ramona, I see why uh, people were able to connect with you, and, and, and I mean, you deserve uh, everything that you have at this point and more. So uh, may you continue to be blessed and continue to carry on this legacy and this message. Look forward to working with you in the future and um, speaking to you more. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really enjoyed myself. Thank you for this platform. And I know I'm not the only one that you guys have shed light on. So thank you for giving us a spotlight. I appreciate you both. Oh, thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Ramona, don't hang up. Because okay. we said we were going we to do something. You say you want a connection to Nigeria. I'm going to email you um, just a platform. We have um, some people we represent who have actually just got their citizenship and a prince title there and doing a tour. Um, and if you, you know, we can see kind of I, I, what I like to do, they call me the plug. I like to connect people. Um, <laughs> when we do that, we don't always have to be um, the, you know, hey, we did this, we did that, because somehow people always come back, and, and I just, I'm like a vampire. Invite me to the party. I'm there. Hey. But um, we like to connect our people because as the great Nipsey Hussle shown, at any point, we could be gone. So yeah. um, we just like to get these things connected. And um, I wanted to clarify what I had sent you. I don't know if you saw that email on the travel. Um, I did. Thing. Could did you, you send it again? Yeah, I'll send it again right now. But in short, it's basically people who influencers who want to connect with their following um, use their platform to one offer their audience something to say, hey, connect with me, travel with me, I'll be here, come on. But also allowing um, influencers who do want to travel with their videographer or their manager or whatever to be able to do that and cut the cost. So we're all about creating content 
especially for our YouTube and Instagram influencers, they need content. So instead of them having to pay for travel, uh, we connected with a black-owned, female-owned, black-owned travel company who they were in the Army, they they were contractors, and they do all their own recon and everything, and they handle everything. The beauty of it is, besides cutting costs on travel, it also – um, the influencer doesn't have to be all up in the tour, all up in the video, if they don't want to, you know, <laughs> they can, yeah, right. Night. I got that mm-hmm. should night, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and so you can, you can be as much part of the tour while you're there as you want, but at the end of the day, at least for our clients, we're creating movies so we can pitch those and put them on Amazon, put them on Netflix or whatever, whoever will take it because we're looking at the various streams of income. So I'm sending that again to you and because people are like, what is this? Like, is it multi-level marketing? Is it this? No, it's simply <laughs> using your platform to bring your followers on a trip that you and your people will then go for free um, and we also have made it where we've had like a little money that we can add in on certain trips, but every trip is unique. So it just depends on how many people, you know, some folks want to bring 10 people and it's like, man, ain't no money in that. You want to bring 10 or six people. Um, I have a good number of three, uh, solid right now because they're, you know, it, it's just, it's using the influencer to promote. So I'm sending that in case that resonates. You say, you know what? I do want to go here. And I do want to bring so-and-so, but I don't want to pay for their ticket. I don't want to pay for their food, their hotel, because I know for my clients who bring us, it gets expensive sometimes, no matter how much money they have or don't have. Okay, I'll take a look at it. Yeah, so, yeah, I'll send that. And, and Tyson got you on that mixtape. Like, Tyson will be like, hey, yeah. hold on, that, that, that motivational mixtape. I mean, I hope in, that's a go. Really, I'm looking, I would be looking forward to that. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll, I'll give you the, the simple concept behind it. I'm pretty sure you can put two and two together, but the same way that we hear comedy routines that are put out on iTunes, Spotify, all that different stuff, um, pretty much taking a series of uh, topic-based speeches. So you can pick a theme for the, for the quote-unquote, the motivational mixtape. Um, it could be based on, you know, your award-winning speech. We can incorporate that in there. But, and then backing it to, music essentially you can get the producers and have them put together music that fits the speech um and then put that out that's essentially it you know um or if you wanted to get super creative you can do your speech and have you seen where they chop up uh chop up the words and create actual music um like what is it when uh, obama did pop off (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh, you know, folks, folks wanna, you know, folks wanna pop off, and then they went ahead and made like a Jersey Club beat to that. Um, right. You could go that route as well. So I mean, um, it doesn't have to all be like that. It doesn't any none of it has to be like that. It could just be again um, backing uh, some speeches. Maybe you do speeches between three to uh, three to five minutes long, right? Or uh, somewhere in that area, and we create different tracks, and they just connect in a theme. The theme could be perseverance, uh, you know, in a male-dominated society. It could be, again, um, you know, adversities in life. You could cover that. You could cover uh, how to handle success, 
and now there's motivation within that, um, you know, so think think on that and you can create maybe like a seven track little EP, a motivational mixtape EP type thing, um, and, and get that put out on streaming platforms. And that would be another source of revenue, source of income that you don't have to really even think about. Um, once it's up, it's up and you can just promote, you can promote and say, hey, you know, uh, tell me your favorite track if you want to talk to you about tell me your favorite track that you listen to um, from the motivational mixtape blah, 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 blah. and it's another product that you can create physically to actually sell uh from the stage so, i love that could you email uh, me that because you said a lot of yeah. great information but i have like 75 things to do today and i know it's no, not gonna that's, no that's, that's perfect that's perfect um yeah i can write that up and uh like i said i actually i do want to work with you on that because uh outside this, we have a, a we call it a, a marketing label um, that uh, handles handles the music side of things, and we do our distribution through Sony. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's why that popped in my head. When you said music, this, I was like, oh, okay. She said she got, got 75 it. things to do, and one of them yep. she kept saying, I said, she keeps talking about a publicist, but I, and that, when we were doing that for the advice show, I had to, because Felicia, um, I, I didn't have, there was no contact email, or no contact number. So I had to go to your page, and then I'm like, let me just call. And so I was talking to your publicist, I think it was Tracy. So mm-hmm. did you just, we, we hate to infringe, but we, we do oh, no, know no, no, some no. people. Tracy you know, is on her could, way out the door because I haven't seen any results. I've been with Tracy since October, November, and all I've gotten was one interview on a radio show in Cleveland. So if you're not producing results, I have to get, I have to move on to somebody who, who will. Like, I only have this title for another four months, and I want to make sure that when the next world champion is announced, they already know who I am all over the world. And I feel like I'm not getting the exposure that I need to get right now. And that may just be me on the inside of myself because I'm an overachiever. But I want to tap out in Houston, and I have not. I mean, I've done – uh, 97 on the box, which was awesome. I did a little drop on 102.1. I did, what's that lady in the morning? Y'all know who I'm talking mm. about. The lady on the oh, morning I show. Know. You know, um, her. everybody knows her. Good morning. Is it good morning, Houston, or good day, Houston? Okay, okay. Good, yeah, okay. I've heard of good day, Houston. Yeah, I did that, and then I did uh, Fox 26, but I haven't done the Isaiah <laughs> Factor. I want to get on the Isaiah Factor. I haven't done any women's or you know i haven't tapped out in houston and i want to tap out in houston and i need a publicist who who can really produce some results if not bye can, yeah, yeah okay. can i be let, let me be nosy let me be the the nosy was her rate over was she over twenty five hundred dollars a month on her retainer <laughs> all she asked was 15 percent off any paid thing i got but i never got anything paid so i never had to pay her okay she wasn't, oh, okay. she wasn't okay. a publicist, um, and she was she was, she was, yeah, she was looking for an opportunity. Yeah, she was looking for yeah. an opportunity, and that because a lot of time, and I'm I'm teaching. They call me the professor of PR. You'll see when I follow you right now on Instagram. Um, when you're looking for a publicist, you want to find a teacher, but you want to find somebody where you really can afford because PR is like going to the gym. You ain't gonna go famous. Uh, unless you do something great or scandalous overnight. <laughs> but it's keep pushing, building up that muscle. And so for a publicist who says, I want a percentage only, 
She's just looking for an opportunity. We do PR and consulting, and like yeah. Tyson and I, and our because we have two different companies, but it's one family, and it's Voltron, mm-hmm. and I'm just an old head with gray hairs. My hair ain't thin <laughs> enough, so it's just you know a little bit while it's twisted up is is gray, and I I ain't seen forty, so that just means I'm wise. It was a little bit was gray at twelve, right? But that's neither here nor there. But it's how you find the people. You, and build your team is how you build the dream. You know what I mean? I'm from the I'm from Oakland, so you gotta you know we gotta throw that that, you know I mean? that, that in there because I do a little bit myself. So and this is one thing I do want to um, touch on real quick, Ramona. When someone uh, says they want a percentage of what you get and it's PR, um, I already would run away from that because the fact of the matter is we um, I've We've had five clients in Forbes. Forbes doesn't pay you to talk about you, but we still had to do that work to get you in there. So, but yeah, see, I got lucky because you know, I was able to get in Forbes because of Toastmaster. So it had nothing to do yeah. with a, a publicist or anything like that. It was their connections with Toastmaster. So I was able to get Forbes yeah. from there. Right, because, yeah, because they're built in connection there. Um, now, right. that won't be like that for other stuff. I know, like, Ellen doesn't pay everyone to be there. The, some people do get paid to be there. Uh, but at the end of the day, more than likely, whenever you're going for any type of editorial coverage, there's no pay attached to that. Um, so it's like if you're going to be a publicist and take a percentage, your job is literally to get um, earned media. So there's right. no pay in that, meaning you already accepted zero as your fate. And like, mm. it just it doesn't it doesn't compute if you're trying to do it on a professional level, which means there must be a lack of experience somewhere, um, in okay. there because you know an experienced publicist knows you don't get paid for editorial coverage, right? Kim Kardashian only gets paid when she's on the cover of things, right? Because they they typically do pay you for your time at a photo shoot, but just to cover you inside of the pages of People or uh, or Vanity Fair, they don't they don't pay for that, so. And be um, careful, yeah, be careful, because there are there is a new system going around saying, hey, we want to get paid this amount every time we do a placement based on these tiers. The problem with that is, and I'll give you, I'll use Phil as an example from the hundred and eighty-six thousand dollars. Yeah, a month a month ago or two months ago, when his exclusive went on ABC News, and and we put that together. Right, and it was just by because it was a hot story and how it was put together. ABC wanted it. In about forty-eight hours, I showed him. Are you familiar with Cision, the software? No. Okay, it costs thousands of dollars. Only PR folks who are at a certain level have it, but a lot of us have it. And so mm-hmm. it's it's it's. I looked at it. I tracked how much money Cision says that coverage was was worth in forty-eight hours. It was 188000 Now it's clearly over 200000 because everyone else picked it up after ABC. But even how they did it, I won't bore you with those details because you got 75 things to do. But if, some, if I would have told my client, yo, you owe me $188,000, he would have looked at me like, what did you do? And I said, well, this is what Cision says it's worth. And that's based off um, the biggest yeah. PR organization in the world. So you want to pay your publicist an amount you know you can do. Um, our number one, what we see people make a mistake is they switch their publicist. Now, Jay-Z just buys another publicist, and he may mm-hmm. cut them after. Publicists are the first people people fire. But that's why we do PR and consulting, because we're a little too nosy. 
just to do PR. <laughs> we, must, we do get a percentage on our consulting, and we want to make that money because if we have an influencer, she gets $2,500 to say something for 30 seconds. There's nowhere in PR, in the practice, in the yeah. science, that we can get paid. Yeah, so we have to put our consulting hats on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah just – I just wanted to give a, give a tidbit. But, yeah. Yeah. We'll, uh, but yeah, we'll sh- I'll shoot over an email about, you know, kind of the motivational mixtape and how we can uh, put that together. And, um, yeah, like I said, I look forward to working with you. I'm, I'm serious about that. I really like the energy um, and everything uh, with you. So that, that uh, I mean that. So, um, yeah, I'll sign off. I don't want to keep you any longer because we're already 11 minutes over. Um, so, yeah, take it easy. Take it, take it easy. And this isn't part of the, this isn't part of the interview. This will be cut. This is just us talk. <laughs> Unless you want it to be that behind the scenes right. chat. <laughs> no, I don't want to be publicist shaming because then nobody's going to want to work with me. But, right. um, there you, look at I like you already. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. See, Cal? Good one. <laughs> but thank you guys so much. Go. I hope to hear from you soon. Yes. Take it easy and have a great day. You too. So I think this is a good place to stop our dialogue for this episode and allow you, the listeners, to join the conversation and keep the dialogue going with us online. You can do so by visiting our social media at Facebook, Diversified Game Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter, Game Diversified, online, diversifiedgames.com. In your life with the people around you and or join our Patreon and get some nice perks for being involved. If you found a nugget and or like today's episode, you might as well leave a review. And if you leave a review, you might as well share it. If you share it, you might as well subscribe. And as always, thanks for your support. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game Podcast with Kellen, Tyson, and A.L., the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifyGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.